0: The first time that I can remember hearing someone talk openly about tithing, I was in seminary. And a mentor of mine shared with the congregation about giving 10% of his salary back to the church and why he did it. I think that my mouth must have hung down to about here while I listened to him as I sat up in front of everyone. Uh, But even worse was later on when he talked to me about it straight up, one on one. Now, there was no party line of what I should do And he suggested that it would never be easier for me to start tithing than right then. He said this with soft eyes, and what I could see was a a gentle heart. And... To the best of my recollection, I kept my mouth shut, but my internal response was a, a pretty long string of four-letter words. <laughs> I was curious and also frustrated and taken aback. I mean, people actually did this. I had heard talk about tithing in... Uh, a distant or symbolic way before, but not, not from someone standing right in front of me saying, yes, this is how I live. Think about it. His witness scared me, and it called my bluff, suddenly remaining comfortable in giving just a little was not such a simple option. I imagine the rich man in today's gospel muttering his own collection of four-letter words as he slinks away from Jesus. He's floored by the gall of this teacher. Sell everything? Give it all away? You have got to be kidding me. After all he's done to live faithfully since he was a kid?
1: My hunch is that this
0: is how people have reacted to the story since the very beginning. We try to vault over Jesus' words to make the story palatable, some people have claimed that it's instruction just for this, this one person, but not for all of us. There was, a, I particularly like this one, there was a 9th century interpreter who told a, a lovely story about this very low gate. Into the city. It was so low that in order to pass through it, you would have to take all the things off your camel, and it was called the Eye of the Needle. Unfortunately, it was fiction. Still, others talk about the story as as being about the state of the rich man's heart, but not about his material wealth. I could go on. For ages, people have tried to find responses to this gospel that don't involve money. And above all, that don't involve giving any of it up. We tie ourselves in knots to avoid talking about our wealth. And our acrobatics reveal how we receive Jesus' words. The rich man hears this call to sell what he has and give it away, and he is shocked. He walks away grieving. The disciples hear all this and are suddenly filled with angst, wondering what extra burden is going to be thrust on them next. They've given up so much already. Doesn't Jesus see this? Isn't it enough? But the disciples and the rich man and I think probably all of us, we miss one crucial piece. We miss what the starting point is for Jesus in these teachings. So often we hear his call to the rich man as a sentence to a miserable life. We get stuck there, unable to adjust our eyes to the horizon that Jesus sees. His starting point is not burden. It's not a desire for our suffering. His starting point is love. Jesus loves this man and then invites him to a new way of life. He starts with love. I I flailed against my mentor's story of tithing because at first hearing, his example sounded like a great weight. Like a guarantee that I would struggle. It took me some time to understand that his practice was not rooted in self-denial, but in love. It took time for me to hear that his sharing was not about adding pressure and and making everything harder for me. Instead, it was an invitation to the fullness of life, to showing up in the kingdom of God with my whole self. Because this is what Jesus is asking for, the whole of our life. He's hoping that from first light each day we will start with community, start with care for one another, start with giving towards the kingdom of God here and now. He does not want our cold dregs, not the convenient leftovers or or all that junk we're hoping that goodwill might maybe accept. He wants all of us. This is how the kingdom of God draws near, by showing up with our whole selves, by offering all that we have. Jesus asks us to start there. The longer I wrestled with my mentor's example, the more I came to understand that it was an invitation to move from being a guest in our community to being at home there. Now, to be really clear, I am not equating pledging to the church with selling everything and giving the proceeds to the poor. Those are different things. And at the same time, I began to see how this practice of giving is a way of beginning to take responsibility for shaping our world in the direction of the kingdom of God. It's a way of making that kingdom my home. And so, somewhat fearfully, somewhat begrudgingly on my part, we started pledging that year. Unsure of how we might make it work. It was not 10%. It was far from it. But it was a first step. What soon struck me was that this practice was not a burden. It didn't play out as punishment. Instead, by by trying to practice generosity as my starting point, pledging became a form of being all in with my community. I was invested in that place, quite literally. Literally. I got to play a part in it continuing. And something shifted in me when I began thinking of giving as a building block in our household budget, rather than what money I could readily spare when everything else was covered. Now if I'm gonna be really honest with you all, which I try to be, Uh, Living into this practice feels really challenging. My mentor was right that it would never be easier to begin than back then. Add a house and older kids and all the rest into the mix, and suddenly I have all kinds of wonderful and compelling reasons, excuses, why that practice probably doesn't make sense anymore. And it doesn't take long to recognize the sullen slump of that rich man in today's gospel in my words. The truth is that this is how I want to live. I hear that it is an invitation to wholeness. And so this is the year that Jesse and I are going to stretch and reach again and begin giving 10% of my salary to this church, to building up the kingdom of God here on the corner of Gregory and Cars. I tell you this not as a way of virtue signaling or of telling you what you ought to do. That is between you and God. Instead, I share this because I believe we need to be able to talk openly about what we do with our money. We get to wrestle together. We get to grapple together. We get to share what's working and what's really difficult. Because if this is indeed our collective home here at resurrection, then we get to bring our whole selves here. Our questions and our doubt, our money and our struggle and our hope. We get to bring All of it. That is the invitation in its simplest form. That's what Jesus asks of the rich man and of the disciples. And finally, now it's what he asks of us. He gives us all his love. And then from within that love, he offers the question... Jesus invites us to show up, to make our home together, here, and to be all in with our whole selves.